0: Hello and welcome. I'm Nurelle, and this is Get Grounded. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, the lovely Tanai Milgram. She is an intimacy and empowerment coach who helps women fully express themselves in their relationships. And I would argue what you do goes beyond our relationships, right? It's like just fully express ourselves, period, and that just beautifully flows into our relationships as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and thank you for that beautiful intro. Um, yeah, you know, I think the reason why we don't express ourselves is because something happened in relationship. So really, mm-hmm. it's like you know, you, you the trauma happens in a relationship, and you heal in a relationship. So. So the reason why I, 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 you know, the reason why I describe it as expressing yourself in a relationship is because that's the place where you stopped yourself to begin with. And that's the place where you'll need to express yourself to truly step into your most authentic self.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, it's so wonderful to have you here tonight. Um, where do we begin Uh, Would you like to share more, I guess, about um, I would love for you to share more about what it is that you do uh, in this world of intimacy and empowerment and how you came to this place to, to, you know, being and living and sharing this with the world.
1: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think what I love having people feel is total approval of themselves um, for all parts of themselves. And I'm committed to doing that, not just in my coaching, but really in my presence. You know, I think what I do on social media, what I do in my podcast, the way that I share myself is to promote approval and to promote, you know, expressing yourself, expressing every emotion, expressing every um, up and down and feeling like it's totally okay and it totally belongs. So, I help people recognize what parts of themselves they're not accepting or what parts of themselves they're holding back or hiding or judging and meeting those parts with love so that they can give space to those parts because that's really all we're looking for. You know, everything that – every type of affection and love that we look for on the outside is really what we're not giving to ourselves. So mm-hmm. so when you recognize that, yeah, when you recognize that, then you're able to have life be a journey about – how to continuously pour love into yourself, you know even every desire that you have if you have a desire for vacation if you have a desire for a boyfriend then that 's all going to shed light on something that you want from yourself mm. so the way that i that I landed here where I am today um, a couple of ways number one um, I grew up I grew up in my like, okay, how do I explain this? When I was very little, I had all the attention in the world. I was the girl of the family. I was the youngest. Everybody was obsessed with me. And then I got glasses. And that's when things changed. And more specifically, I I felt like like I wasn't attractive to boys. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of decided that for myself. Like, there's no hope for me in the relationship department, you know, even as a little girl. Um, So, so then when I started dating, um, I, I noticed this pattern where I would, you know, start to like a guy, he would like me back. And the moment where he started really liking me and really having, you know, deeper feelings for me, I would suddenly start freaking out or see them as unattractive or get angry at them or basically come up with any reason for them not to be a fitting partner for me anymore. And I would run away. At the 10th time that this happened, I'm like, all right, there's definitely nothing wrong with these guys. Something's going on with me. And that's when I realized that I had a really deep fear of intimacy and being seen and being authentic um, and accepted in that way. So through my own journey, working on that is what led me to want to help people do the same. And then also just working on my own self-esteem and my relationship to my body um, and it Mm -hmm. In my relationship to abundance and and creating that, that, yeah, through my own healing, I came to want to help other people do the same.
0: Beautiful. That's very much aligned with my inspiration also for what I am doing with Get Grounded. You know, it's like, this really helped me and it could help other people so I want to share it with people, you know, in case, in case, like, I feel like I must not be alone in my experiences. And actually for a long time, I felt like I kind of was. Mm -hmm. And so just recognizing, first of all, that like, we're not alone in our experiences and then allowing that to be, um, inspiration for us to share with others who might be going through something similar and could use that in their own growth journey is beautiful. So yeah, just absolutely. I love
1: that. You know, I think one of the biggest realizations for me that was the most life-changing was the realization that everyone's going through the same exact thing. And I just took it as truth. I wasn't Mm -hmm. even like some people understand me. No, I was like, we're all the same. We all have the same human experience. Um, and I took that on in, in a self-development program that I did when I was 22, 23. Um, and so I just decided that for myself, I may not be able to see it in others, but I know it's happening. So, you know, with people, for example, like my brother, who, when, you know, one of my brothers the middle one. Um, I didn't really have a relationship with him until my 20s when I did this program. Wow. And he was always this tough guy, like didn't really, you know, show his emotions. He, you know, he's, he has like a he's a Virgo. Let's just, let's just leave it there. Um, so the moment that I realized, wow, my brother actually wants the same love, wants the same attention, fears the same things. It's like all of these walls that I saw between us completely mm-hmm. faded. And I started uh, relating to the entire world as they're all experiencing the same thing. So when a lot, when people ask me, like, how did you get over the fear of putting yourself out there on social media? Or how do you share such vulnerable things? To me, it's like, I know everyone's experiencing what I'm experiencing. So I put myself out there in my truth So that the people out there that don't feel comfortable putting out their truth can really see themselves in what I'm sharing and experience some sort of like liberation.
0: Oh my gosh! Seriously, all of this, I just got full body chills. I, it's just so beautiful to hear you share that. I mean, I, I've experienced something similar with a family member who is, you know, pretty like ostracized by a lot of my family just seen as, uh, and, and I feel like this person has also really internalized that for themselves as well, which, you know, a lot of times is the case. Like we have, um, you know, some way that our family interacts with us in childhood um, and maybe also like peers. And we kind of develop this story that we tell ourselves, like, you know, nobody wants to include me And I'm just not invited to things or something like that. And okay, like, where does that go? I'm not worthy of being invited in things. I'm not worthy of love. You know, I'm not worthy of belonging or connection. I don't belong. Yeah. I am like, and then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of have that with ourselves. And then it can be reinforced too, again, by the behaviors of others partially, you know, just because of whatever's going on inside of them, and then which they're projecting on us, and then partially because of then the story that we're telling ourselves informing how we're showing up too. So it's this just like negative cycle. And anyway, all of this to say that, you know, with this family member, I've just really noticed a lot about like, how this person shows up and the kinds of comments that they make, and you know, how that's reflective of a clear, like, feeling that they don't belong, and then other family members treating them like they don't belong, yeah. and and how, like, I just take a step back from all of this, and I'm like, wow, I feel like I can see you and where you're coming from, and recently, like, I actually just sat down and talked with this person, and and it was just, like, tears, mm. you know? And that was just, I mean, talk about like layer upon layer of armor, you know? Kind of like you were saying with your brother, showing up as like a tough person, you know? And once we start to like develop in ourselves the capacity for that awareness and that, you know, um, depth of exploring like what's inside behind all of these stories and masks and layers and everything, like you were saying, that's then allows us to bring that to our relationship with other people and to be able to see this person in my family for like the person who just wants to be loved and just mm-hmm. wants to belong. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I just feel that that's really beautiful. Thank so you. it's a beautiful way of, I think, seeing people that it's very important to share so that we can just hold compassion you know
1: exactly for ourselves yeah and yeah and remember that no one like most of the time 99% of the time no one's out to get you
0: right mm. yeah people are just so consumed by their own stuff that's going on you know it's like yeah um wow amazing and and so, I mean, I guess we've dug a little bit into like where some of this starts, right? Like in childhood um, and you touched on patterns of how this manifests in relationship. Can you, you know, share a little bit more about um, about patterns and, you know, maybe like what are even some of the first steps that people can do to start to identify like when a pattern's happening and like what? options they have at that point yeah
1: absolutely um I would say it's very simple just ask yourself when conflict comes up what's your first instinct to deal with it you know so so mine was always to run away like get me out of here you know Mm -hmm. um and it's also what what helps you survive. You know, it's really a survival instinct. So if you think about it that way, then you can kind of look at your relationships and see how that's played out, you know. Um, And then you can kind of see if that has played out in like several instances. Um, And it's not even just in romantic relationships, but it could be with, you know, relationship with money, with projects, Um, Mm. like growing up I was a, you know, I, I hopped around from hobby to hobby and sport to sport. Um, and my, you know, my parents just kind of gave me the freedom to do that. They were never, they never told me that I had to do anything except for school. Mm-hmm. So it was just always easy for me to kind of leave what, what wasn't working. You know, there's certain people who stay past the point when things aren't working. I always left at the first sight of it.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I've experienced a similar pattern and I've even found myself like kind of overcompensating or compensating for that by then realizing like, uh, you know, recognizing that pattern in myself that like I do leave when that's it. I'm ready to move on and sticking around sometimes to the point where it's just actually been unhealthy because you know for a a relationship or for like you said a project or other commitment like sometimes um I found myself I noticed a pattern of just me sticking around to kind of prove a point that I'm not just going to leave you know I don't know if I don't know if you experienced that (laughs) or no way I mean here's the thing
1: (laughs) here's the thing um a lot of like a lot of what I teach today is, in, is I, I include a lot of Martha Beck's stuff because Mar- I, I just love Martha Beck's message about being authentic. And, you know, we'll talk about the integrity cleanse. Who, that's who I got it from. And she describes how, you know, it's, it's, it's in our nature to live according to our intuition and according to our instinct and our truth. And if you don't do that, then the body will speak up. So the same way that when you put a lie detector on, on, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) your body is spiking up in different ways with like stress hormones and your heart is beating and all that. The same thing happens when you go on about your life and you're living out of alignment with your truth, you know? So that's like gut instinct, like what your gut is saying to do, right? So leave, stay, stay. if that's something that your gut's saying as opposed to your head because you've like rationalized it, then that's how you know the difference between your truth and something that you're doing, you know, out of your, out of your head. So, um, so in my case, I'm, you know, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but my body is not very tolerant to me living out of alignment of my truth. So whenever that happened, you know, whenever I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't serving me anymore – the anxiety was just too much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I actually want to make this clear that it's not that the relationship wasn't right for me. It's that I was at that point lying. So it was mm-hmm. just a culmination of, of lies that I would tell from the very beginning of the relationship of not saying, not speaking of my boundaries, not saying no, not expressing my desires. Like, just basically not being myself, not expressing when things were off, you know? So mm-hmm. it, I would be this perfect girlfriend up until the point that I broke up with them. Right. And, and what they wouldn't see is that I was, like, holding in so much anxiety from, mm-hmm. you know, from, from acting this whole time.
0: Absolutely. But they would see it, right? Because do you feel like they felt it on some level? Or, like you were saying, the symptoms, the way that they manifested in the relationship, that things were like missing or like not in alignment or something with the relationship that even could have been perceived by them too at that point? Yeah. Well,
1: what's interesting is that with someone who has. An avoidant personality, like an avoidant attachment, which is you know what I what I would naturally have if I didn't if I hadn't worked on it, is that you would track kind of the opposite, right? So I was I was in really, I was a lot of times in relationships with people who were who were the opposite end, who were you know who stick around longer than they really want to, and they they weren't really listening to their intuition. So were there moments where I could see that they were you know picking up on things, yes, but were they aware of it? No. So it was only when we'd break up that some of them would be like, oh, yeah, I kind of noticed this, but I didn't really know or, you know, so it's really just, you know, we're we have so much learning to do, like as people in general, um, understanding ourselves and emotions and communicating what we're picking up on. You know, we're not used to being like, hey, I'm feeling I'm feeling a strange energy here. Like, what is it? You know, or I or I feel that you closed up. Mm-hmm. what's going on so what happens is that when we do that most of the time we're assuming so we're like are you mad at me and then the person gets in defense mode of no like leave me alone I'm not mad at you it's not about you you know so so that's that's what happens a lot and we see that a lot in movies you know where, where someone's picking up on something and then they get gas lit and it's really because we don't have we're, we're not trained to communicate with each other and just expressing what we're sensing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Without so. like necessarily tying it to like a story, right. Or like, exactly. a, or, or like a blame.
1: Make wrong. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know that there's been times even with my parents where I, I've just been like, when you said that I felt you close up. Well, what was that about? You know, um, mm-hmm. And and that's what has had them communicate with me what's happening. Because I think with parents it's hard because parents don't want to admit that we we trigger them too.
0: hmm
1: So yeah, so like uh, there was a there's a time, for example, that ah, uh, what was happening? I asked my mom like what she thought of like I gave her an opinion on something and she was like, Yeah, you know, maybe. And and in my head, I'm like, she's not open to my opinions. Like, she always thinks she's right. Like, what's up with that? But instead, I was like, hey, your voice kind of changed and you closed up. And I noticed that I want to make it mean that you don't value my opinions and that you only think you're right. Like, that's how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And when I said that to her, she she was like, you know, you're right. I did tense up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just how I get when I get new information, you know? so So we were able to talk through that. And I... Really think that's it's possible for every relationship.
0: That's amazing. I wonder, like, what we do when we find ourselves with someone who, like, we 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 bring something up that we notice, um, but the person continues to kind of be in denial that that's even like that that even happened, you know, or um, or like what's happening if, yeah, if at that know, point so, we <laughs> we continue yeah, so let's or say, we
1: let's say there's a couple. And one of them feels like the other one isn't emotionally available, like, because they can feel that they're not present, right? So first is communicating, hey, I'm noticing that that something in your energy has changed, like you're not really present, like you're closed up. And so let's say that person is denying that, right? No, you're wrong. So then it's up to the person, the other person to decide what's the impact on them and how much are they willing to really, you know, be with and Mm -hmm. set boundaries, and say at some point, hey, I know you're saying that nothing's going on, but I'm feeling an impact from you being closed up. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. good. Um, so I'm gonna have to, you know, put like separate myself here because it, it hurts mm-hmm. too much to be in the space.
0: Yeah. Wow. and and tracing back to um, you know, kind of ex- just authentic expression and. And muting that in the context of relationship, like you were saying, um, is a pattern that comes up for you and for me too. So much. Um, I'd love to, you know, get more of your perspective around uh, people pleasing. I know that you, on commitment phobe, which by the way, everyone is tonight's fabulous podcast that you, after listening to this episode, should go check it out. Um, But yeah, that you had kind of gone into, um, you know, I think on the first episode, you describe, first episode or two, you describe this pattern and how it showed up for you and what the implications were. Um, And we talked a little bit about this here, but like maybe just connecting the dots a little bit, like, you know, from start to finish or like what, what the typical pattern is, like why we do it to begin with, how it shows up, how we can identify, what we can do about it. Because that's just something that I feel is so common that I'm noticing. Um, And that sometimes we just like find ourselves repeating over and over again. And especially, I've noticed this with women.
1: Yeah, I mean, as women, you know, culturally, we've just gotten this message that the woman's the one that puts everybody's needs before hers. And that, you know, because the man is the leader of the family, like he makes the decisions and women, you know, we have this message of being polite and nice and, and sweet. So we end up, you know, not really being ourselves in, in situations. We also have a lot of messaging around dating, around not being needy, not showing that you care, you know? So it's all these messages that are actually telling us to not be ourselves Mm. which is confusing because then everyone's like, be yourself. <laughs> right. But but people pleasing is very, you know, n- normal because it starts with parent pleasing. When you're a baby, you need to, you need your parents to be happy so that you um, ensure your survival. You know, we're, we're the species that needs the most care when we're born. Um, if you think about like giraffes or or lions, they just plop out and they're good to stand up and go and they can feed themselves. But as you know, as babies, we can't do that. We can't move around. We can't feed ourselves. We can't wipe our own butts. We're completely dependent. So the word attachment gets a lot of negative rep, but really we're all, we all rely on attachment. You know, we all rely on taking care of others and being taken care of. So Mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, in our, in our childhood, we we choose attachment over our authenticity so that we could survive. And we start doing everything that our parents tell us to do, you know, be nice, share, um, don't cry. And we internalize all these messages. And then there's no one in our adulthood that goes, Hey, you don't have to do this anymore. You know, you're not reliant on these people to survive. So you actually don't have to do all these things. Um, And they're not necessarily right or wrong. Like that's just what your your parents, you know, that's just what you interpreted from from your parents. So the people pleasing happens when, when you feel like you're sacrificing your gut, like your instinct is saying something and you're not listening to it mm-hmm. because you need, because you're afraid that other people might not be happy because you're afraid you're going to be judged. You're afraid you're going to be abandoned. So yeah, that, you know, it's, it, it really varies on each person and it's something to work with a professional and kind of look at what are your patterns and, and how does pleasing show up for you. But, but it always starts with the question, how do I, how was I told I should be, or how do I think I should be?
0: Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and yeah. I, Oh, go ahead.
1: No. And, and then just like get into, get curious around according to who should you be that way?
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even before we start to ask ourselves these questions, it feels like uh, go- like going back to the symptoms, right? I mean, I've experienced so much anxiety in relationship, and I'm like, why am I literally a different person in relationship versus out of relationship? And of course, that's it's with reference more than anything to romantic relationships um but you know even to other close relationships in my life it's like i would be a different person when i would be by myself or especially when i would be just single um and i was like what is happening <laughs> why am i experiencing so much suffering and why do i feel like my partner is experiencing so much suffering like mm-hmm. am i the problem what's going on here and yeah a, and a lot of it would be around like mental mental health mental illness type stuff right if it was like anxiety or like mood swings like drastic mood shifts um just a lot of like destabilization i guess you know and a lot of like in my head worry and overthinking and everything so i mean you also mentioned like connection with the body dropping down into the body and the messages and the signals that the body sends us to indicate when we're not in alignment with our truth and our authentic selves. So I would love to like hear more from you on that, whether it be like, you know, maybe even a couple of examples, um, if it's from people you work with or from your own experiences or just general, you know, um, yeah, trends.
1: So the first thing that I wanna mention actually that I forgot, um, connected to something that you said now and also what you said about staying in relationships and then, you know, having it be detrimental to you and, you know, the question of whether to stay or, or go and, and the anxiety, like, I think, the, I think that the issue comes when we're thinking so much about making the relationship work and having it be about where the relationship is going when it's really just an extension of your human evolution. So if you think about it as like you're on this planet and you're growing and you're expanding and you're experiencing, then this person is just another like vehicle for that. So the point where you don't see a future with them, the question is like, can is there more personal development that I could do with this person? Hmm. You know, but we're so focused on is this gonna work or not, and mm-hmm. then we miss out on, on really what's there for us. You know, whether that's being authentic and seeing what happens, or asking for what you want and seeing what happens, or um, you know, connecting to certain emotions that that you haven't felt connected to. So, um, so yeah, just wanted to name that first, and then when it comes to connection to the body we're just so used to moving so fast that we actually miss out what the body is saying. So perfect example for me is so many times when I've kissed men on on a first or second date and my body was saying no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I used to be, I mean, I would, I would actually have used to call myself a heavy drinker, like considering how much I would drink on dates, because I had so much anxiety, and I had to numb that out. So I actually was of the belief of like, listen to your mind, not your body. No, I had it backwards. So mm-hmm. what I would try to do, most is numb of us out. do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. <laughs> so I would try to numb out my body so that I could be quote, unquote, fully present. But what I wasn't present with was that my body was saying no. So that's also why then I would end up on like, date six and seven and be like, wait, I don't really like this person. How did I end up here? Well, Mm -hmm. I numbed out my body being like, no. And so now I'm not drunk anymore. And, you know, now I'm finding myself in this situation. So Mm -hmm. if we could really slow down and even just take a few breaths with someone and notice what happens to your body with that person, there's so much information there. I mean, I had a therapy session the other day where my therapist – was asking me about, like, people-pleasing stuff. And she, you know, was asking me about me not letting out my anger and how do I deal – how did I deal with that? I was having a hard time coming up with, with the answer. And then she's like, look at your arm. Look at what you're doing. And my arm was, like, squeezing the shit out of my other arm.
0: Mm.
1: And she's like, you see what you're doing? You, you hold all the anger in. Like, you, wow. you <laughs> bring it back to yourself. You hold it in. and it was so mind-blowing to me like yeah wow my my body was was communicating right there and we're always doing that you know we're always leaning forward or leaning back from people we're always you know our 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 chest is going to be open um either either like open away from the person or facing towards the person so body language isn't just this little thing you know it's actually everything our our body's Mm. always communicating and always responding to everything around us all it takes is to slow down and actually maybe do a body scan and see what's happening when someone's in front of you.
0: Totally. I love that. And it really, like you just now helped me piece together a couple of things that I didn't even realize were connected with like unhealthy eating habits you know like disordered eating in my, oh my own goodness. experience <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and how much that ties with all of this I mean I knew that it also was coming from a disconnection with my body um, but just like that that was even also another manifestation and symptom of um, you know tying into like people pleasing type patterns and not just showing up authentically and not just listening to how I was feeling instead just trying to like exercise control over what I knew I could control which is like how much food I could possibly put in my body or how long I could go not doing that and you know and then this kind of like false control also acted as like a numbing mechanism because I didn't have to face how I was feeling until after those cycles would happen that I would spiral into shame and just feel like it's all me and start all yeah. over again.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, oh, I just I could bring up so many points here, but first off, if you think about the way humans were in tribes and, you know, like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, there were so many practices around the big expression of things, you know? So, so there was anger. There was like, you know, they were warriors. They were hunters. They, you know, they, they did things with their bare, bare hands, you know, like anger was expressed in that way. They had chanting, they had all these, you know, ceremony, ceremonies to express that. Um, When, when they were, when they were, um, When there was like mourning, they would really wail, you know, there was, there was a lot of singing. There was a lot of all of these just really big ways like dancing of of moving energy through them. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: don't experience that at all. Maybe just sex. And most people aren't having sex that way. You know, they're not really letting out their full animal. So that's the thing. Like we've been so domesticated that we're putting our, our animal side in a cage. So of course, And it comes out in these ways of like binging or restricting or, you know, because there's just so much energy inside us that needs to be let out. So, you know, so when I think about the times when I feel like binging, I talk to myself. So this is the other point that I wanted to bring up that there's so much wisdom to learn from the people that we see as crazy. So
0: Mm -hmm. the people who talk to
1: themselves, for example, like, if only we all talk to ourselves because in the moment when I feel like binging, I know that I'm trying to mask some sort of emotion. So then I just ask myself, what emotion am I not feeling right now?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it may, and I don't even need to like really figure it out mentally. I might just need to like scream, shout, jump, hit, you know, there's all these different ways of just moving energy that, that like, that is a feeling like too much in my body. So I'm trying to numb it out and stuff it in by eating.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> same, yeah, like
1: same with people with Tourette's. Like, I know it's kind of extreme to like scream fuck or like or like, you know, all those weird things that people with Tourette's scream. But there's like so much wisdom to learn from them, which is that they just speak what's on their mind, you know, they let it out. And I think that's, you know, what causes a lot of disease that we're just holding back everything that we really want to communicate. So it would help for people to have a practice where they're just airing out everything that they want to say in a safe space.
0: Oh, absolutely. I love this. And I really want to uh, shift into um, this practice that you, the integrity cleanse. Um, But first I also just want to say that like a hundred percent, I, this is something that I feel has been, Also just kind of like revealing itself to me on my journey is that my anxiety and binge eating and, you know, like these kinds of like compulsive behaviors and addictive, you know, type behaviors that kept coming up for me how that was, like, just energy trying to let itself out in some way, right? And that it was kind of coming from that place. I had this sense that that's what was going on. And the way that you just articulated that is just so, speaks so true to those experiences for me. And, like, with the work that I've been doing now, shifting so much more into the body, um, just practicing like embodiment, practicing like living and being in my body, feeling feelings move through um, and just like doing silly, fun, crazy things that like kids do to let energy out. Like uh, I talked with Oren about some of these too on also the a previous Get Grounded episode, like taking a break in the middle of the workday to go like jump up and down, to shake out, Today, I rolled around on the floor because, Oran actually, we got a new mat. And so we're just like rolling around on the floor and like doing headstands or, you know, just taking some like yoga poses, literally whatever it is, even just like shaking out or massaging my face or anything like that. It's just been so incredible because we're literally, I mean... I don't know. I can go off on a whole tangent about how our lifestyles have just so drastically shifted, just like you were just sharing, you know. Like yeah. we our lifestyles were so, so, so different not too long ago in the big yeah, picture of human truly. evolution.
1: Yeah, so- we just we just started sitting down like ninety percent of our day. We you know, we haven't had computers and TVs, you know, up until twenty years ago. no, no like 35 years ago yeah
0: yeah but still I mean with like the whole scale of human evolution that's nothing and so like no no wonder we can't catch up like physiologically mentally emotionally like psychologically we just have you know there's so much there but at its core like you were saying you know just the energy at least the release the physical release of energy so much energy it's just not there so totally totally agree that that's like just a huge thing that people can do for themselves is like just freaking let it out in some safe space healthy way shake Mm -hmm. it yell it sing it dance it you know I love that
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely
0: yeah and yeah, so I would love to ask you more about the integrity cleanse yeah, so and how it's plan. going and, you know, like, for, like what is it? What inspired you to do it? And what have you found, you know, in, in this uh, practice?
1: Yes, yeah, so I had a really big good girl syndrome my whole life. I, know, I didn't even know it, but, but I, was, I, I lied a lot growing up I lied about how much I was drinking. I lied about what happened every time I lost a phone or ruined it. You know, I lied about speed tickets and bad grades. You know, I I lied a lot. I was actually really afraid of disappointing my parents. Um, I lied a lot in general, lied to my friends, lied to lovers, just lying all over the place. and I would have a lot of nightmares, actually, of people finding out, right, getting caught. Um, I, I had this one dream that I would miss, that I, like, I think it's a really common dream where where it gets to the end of the school year and you realize you didn't show up to one class. Mm. Um, but I always prided myself for being a really good liar. So in this dream, I would, like, come up with a way of, you know, of, getting myself out of it or pretending like I did go to that class, you know, because yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would do. I, I, I was a really good liar. Um, But that also just gave me a lot of anxiety and clearly a lot of nightmares, you know? And I realized like it came from this pressure of being someone of, of, you know, pleasing other people, looking good, looking like I'm responsible and like I have it together. So instead I decided to try Martha Beck's Integrity Cleanse, which is telling the truth and, and doing a, like a checking, like checking in with yourself every 30 minutes and seeing, did I tell the truth in the last 30 minutes? Mm. So that's been really freeing. Um, and what it means is that I, I'm i not a different person everywhere I am. You know, I'm, I'm the same exact person with everyone. It doesn't matter if I'm their coach. It doesn't matter if if they're my coach. It doesn't matter if my parents You know, um, like the other day, I told my mom that I've been having weed edibles every night because, you know, like I I think, you know, that I've been experiencing these chronic UTIs and they can get quite painful and stressful because I just have no idea what's going on. Um, So I was like, yep, I've I've had weed edibles every night so that I can not be stressed and sleep through the night. That's not something that I would have admitted to my mom. So I'm just like admitting everything all over the place and Mm -hmm. it has been really good because i don't have to remember what lies i'm telling i don't have to remember who i'm supposed to be i can just be myself and that's i think what at least i needed more of in all my relationships you know so so many people wonder how do i tell that person how i feel how do i tell the person what i think it's like just say exactly what's going on in your head
0: just that I mean, when we don't do that, it's exhausting, right? Yes. Like it's so much energy that is expended on, like you were saying, keeping track of like, who am I to this person versus who am I to that person? And what if I'm not actually feeling good? How do I show up as that happy, cheerful person that these people know me to be? You know, exactly. It's like, and oof. so, you know, in that
1: case, like, Yeah. So let's say you invited me to your wedding and I really care about you, but I don't want to go because it's a lot of effort for me. Right. So most people are focusing on how do I tell that person that I don't want to go? You know, like, what do I say to make sense? And so that they're not upset. What they're not thinking about is how to tell the person that they're afraid of everything that's going to happen once they say it and that Mm. they're stressed and that they're worried, and that they really love them, and they don't want to lose them. That's what's important to share. Like, hey, I have been scared shitless all week to have this conversation because I really don't want to disappoint you or lose you as a friend. But the truth is that I don't want to go to your wedding. It's just a lot of effort for me in a really hard time, and I'm really afraid, and that I, that, I, that I'm going to lose you because I know that's really disappointing to you, and that it matters to you that I'm there. Um, but I have to do this, you know, and I have to be honest with you because I'm committed to being authentic with you and, and giving you the respect that you deserve, which is to get my, my truth.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, I was just going to say like, that's, that's the type of communication that I am passionate about.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It can be hard, in my experience, like, when we're coming from a place of being so used to, um like, not doing that, right? And when the communication that's modeled to us in movies, by our parents, you know, like, by our peers is not that oftentimes, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you have to come from a place of truly believing that you're not a bad person and that you're not doing anything wrong and that's that's what's the hardest you know because I think as long as you're coming from a place of you're doing something wrong then even if you name your fears you're going to be like but I'm doing something wrong they're not going to understand you know so if you truly come from a place of love and you know that that you're not doing anything wrong and that you're not a bad person. If you can get to that place, then it gets a lot easier to communicate with people.
0: That is huge. I mean, especially when people, um, when people maybe haven't done the work or aren't coming from a place of compassion and understanding in receiving your truth, right. Then to them, like, they might receive it in a way that feels like they've just been insulted or like they've been, you know, mistreated because you were honest with them. I don't know. I've had this experience before. So I would, I would imagine that it's not, you know, always received that way. Right. Like I also have been in situations where people have really appreciated that I've come from that authentic place. Um, But it's like, it's also can be challenging sometimes, right? Because of the way that that can be received.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But in the long run, it's the only way to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, I've been hearing this message a lot from different people this week, which is choose your heart.
0: Mm. Do you want to elaborate?
1: Yeah, choose your heart. You can either choose to live a life where you're pleasing everyone and trying to make sure that no one's upset with you and suffer the consequences of all that anxiety and disconnection from yourself and your truth and your joy, or you can choose to live your truth and, and be authentic and loyal to yourself and know that that will upset people sometimes
0: and that it's okay. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, I feel like this is a really great place for us to um, open up the work that you've been doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, and, you know, yeah, open up the work that, that you've been doing, um, how that, you know, ties into everything we've, we've talked about today. And I mean, I, I attended recently an amazing dinner that you put on, so maybe we can start there. Um, but then going into, you know, the coaching and the workshops and all the other wonderful, um, you know, wonderful things that you are bringing to this world tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. Let's see. Where do I start? So yeah, you attended the first dinner of the awakened series. That's a dinner uh, experience that myself and my friends Taylor and Fela put together once a month in Miami. So the next one's going to be um, the last week of January, I believe. Um, and you can find, you can, if you follow me on Instagram at tonight Milgram, then you'll see me, um, you'll see me put information on there. Um, I also put together group programs. So the next one coming up is called fully self-expressed and it starts in February and it's a program for women who want to step into their full self-expression in relationships and not be held back by the fear of judgment and feel, fear of, um, of being abandoned, you know, and really come to love all these parts of themselves that they've abandoned so that they can, you know, express themselves unapologetically. Um, so, yeah, so that's a group program for women. I also work with women one-on-one if they desire to do a deeper dive into their feminine embodiment. So that means really living a life where you're listening to your intuition and flowing and surrendering and trusting um, and, and really deconstructing living from this place where you're in your head and you're trying to, you know, make the logical choice, make the choice that looks good, um, be in control. So letting go of, of all of those things so that you can step into a more feminine um, embodiment.
0: Wow. And
1: yeah, and that's it. There's, there's also um, a retreat experience that's coming up later next year. So more information on that will come. Um, and if anyone wants to hear more about this, they can just, yeah, follow me on Instagram and shoot me a DM.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. And is there, you know, I guess, is there anything else here that you feel called to share today? Um, now you, yeah, I am just wanted to open that invitation. Um, hmm, not
1: really, you know, I'm just... I'm just committed to helping women. I'm just, I'm just showing up every day. You know, I love, I love hearing people's stories. I love telling my own story. That's really what, what inspires me. Um, so yeah, that's really it. Nothing more to add.
0: Beautiful. And, and one question that I really love to ask guests is um can you share a practice or a couple of practices um, of self-care and self-love that you, uh, you know, that you have practiced?
1: Yeah, let's see. Um, Self-care and self-love. I think like really you, you pointed it out before, which is connecting to the inner child. So I love putting on the Lizzie McGuire movie soundtrack because I used to love Lizzie McGuire growing up. Um, so I'll put her on and I'll just have a little dance party to myself, um, bring out some paper and and markers and paints and, and paints. Um, I really like to paint from my like unconscious. So I'll just ask myself like what, what represents me right now? What images represent me right now? And I'll just kind of let that flow onto the paper and then take a look at that and have it be a source of information for myself of what's going on inside. I think there's so many ways of getting to know ourselves that isn't like talking and dissecting, you know? Um, there's there's a much quicker routes. So there's a VIP pass. Sorry, not VIP. What is it? Like express pass? And that's just going straight to your unconscious.
0: Uh, I love it. Through embodied practices, right? Totally. Beautiful. Um, That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. It's been such a joy to have, to share this experience and this moment with you Uh, tonight. And you mentioned the Instagram, but can you share, you know, where people can find you and we'll include the links in the show notes too.
1: Yes. So, so yeah, if you follow me on Instagram and send me a DM, I, um, I'll be glad to give you an hour long, um, discovery call and we can talk about, you know, just noticing where your people pleasing patterns show up and I can tell you more about my programs or, you can find out more about my programs um, um, at dot com, And there you can find out all the information about Fully Self Expressed and what
0: the program is all about. Amazing. And of course, the Commitment Phobe podcast.
1: And the Commitment Phobe podcast. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So at tenai milgram on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure, Tanai. So happy to, yeah, to share this with you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed, feel free to reach out to Tanai directly or to me, also at getgrounded underscore on Instagram or getgrounded.life, the website. Um, You can also find the Get Grounded podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, stay grounded.